Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elkshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man, talking to Jake Arvold. He works for First Form. He is a hunter. He is a farm boy. He is out of the Midwest. He currently resides in Missouri. He is somebody I met basically on Instagram and stayed in touch, and I like him so much. I'm like, I want to bring you on. I want to get to know your story. This guy's been an elk hunting guide. This guy has raised elk as in like an elk farmer, and so he knows a lot about their behavior. Uh, and he's just a really good dude, hardworking, blue-collar style dude that uh, just gets after it, and he's inspiring, and I just wanted to hang out with him. So that's what we're going to do today. Guys, we're only a few weeks out from September. This tip is brought to you by Vortex Optics. One thing you're going to want to do is bring a backup bow if you're archery elk hunting. Now, what that means for me is that that backup bow is perfectly dialed and ready to shoot fixed broadheads down range and that it's good to go. I keep it in a case and I always bring two as one when it comes to elk hunting. Now, if you don't have a backup bow, take my advice. Next time you go to upgrade your bow, don't sell it. Keep it no matter what. You should always have a backup bow. But if you don't, then create some sort of repair kit where you have possibly a set of backup strings that are already broken in, um, some sort of cord to repair your rest, make sure that you have serving, an extra D-loop, and then you know how to tie it in. I would just build yourself a backcountry repair kit and have it in the truck with the proper tools so that you're good to go. Thank you, Vortex. Speaking of which, we have a discount code ELK10. It takes 10% off any glass purchase from Vortex products. Go to the website eurooptic.com and you can get yourself, save yourself a little bit of loop and put that towards gas money. All right, guys, this podcast is brought to you by NUMA, Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, Buck Knives, Matthews, MagView, Wilderness Athletes, Spy Point, Kufaru, International, Crispy USA, Baku, E-Bikes, and Black Rifle Coffee Company. Let's get into it with Jake, and this is the Elk Shape Podcast. Man, I'm <laughs> I'm an open book at the end of the day. Oh, I mean, honestly, like, just, I was, it was cool enough to be able to hear you just kind of jump in and even just ask to be able to have, have someone on. Um, you know, I followed, of course, followed you. I mean, never met other than social media, right. Different things falling back and forth. And it's just, 
it was cool to watch come across your page and what you had going on. And even back when you did like, you had the little weekly challenges, right? Thousand step ups, you did all this cool stuff. Like it was cool to watch getting people engaged on a week to week basis. And since then, it's just been, of course, connecting with you through there, but then also connecting with so many other people who have just had great things to say about you. And it's from watching you on from afar, it's been like a, a zero bullshit approach to helping people just be better, better individuals overall. So better outdoorsmen. That's awesome. Okay. Well, so I didn't really know about you until the December chip challenge of 21 uh, and yep. challenge. Yep. So for the listeners, we, we did it, started it two Decembers ago. And I literally was like, it was November 30th. And I was like, you know what? Middle finger to December. Um, there's no daylight. Uh, yep. Holidays are here. It's stupid, stressful, and I'm grumpy. I, I need to like, just buckle down on training yeah. and uh, I'm going to see if anyone wants to do it. And um, my following was significantly smaller back then. And I think I had maybe, I don't know how many followers I had, maybe 10,000 two years ago. And I was like, Hey, who wants to do this? I'm going to give away what I can ever, I can give away right. my yeah. e-bike yeah. Yeah. scholarship. And then it blew up. And then this last one, I, I noticed you were doing it and I thought, dude, this guy's cool. And then I clicked the follow button, which I'm kind of picky and stuck up about who I follow. I just, I want a really positive people in my feed. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So been enjoying following you now. So for those that don't follow, Jake is, you work for First Farm, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you do outdoor stuff as well, right? Yeah. So I, I literally, it, I mean, there's good, a long story behind all that, but at the end of the day, it's like, I've been with, with First Form for about eight years in total now here in St. Louis for about four and literally within the last year, I ultimately had started the entire like outdoor division of first form and just kind of branching that together. But I mean, I've been, been hunting and I grew up in the outdoors. Literally that's like from, from as long as I can remember both grandpas on both sides, one taught me how to fly fish, you know, hours out doing the fly fishing rod in the front yard. And then the other ones ultimately gave me like the first buck knife going to deer camp up in Wisconsin. So bridging the gap between fitness and the outdoors, like the outdoors was always the first love fitness came in behind that. And now having, you know, there's things from having a CrossFit gym up in Wisconsin, tying that together. That's another reason just kind of following along with you is there's a lot of different cool areas that kind of intersected within there to where it's, it's just a good, good marriage overall of, between followings and then on the, the company base. How long did you run the CrossFit gym? Long story short. I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin. I mean, literally grew up in the middle of Wisconsin, um, on a farm middle of nowhere. Right. And I was a fluffy bunny fat kid growing up on the, the farm. And I had the CrossFit gym after going through college, ended up actually starting that, that gym. I had that for about three and a half years. So built an old, got an old auto body shop, gutted the thing all out, literally, slept in the couch in the back of the place. My business partner would run classes up front while I did all the construction up front. And um, that's actually, you tie that all around. Like I started that CrossFit gym because of really because of listening to Andy's podcast, the CEO of First Form. So okay. he had a podcast back then that was called the MFCO project, more entrepreneur based, leadership based. And I was listening to that while I was going to college. And it was like, it just kind of gave me that swift kick in the ass to go do what I wanted to do. So Okay, that way. Okay, so I, this is how ignorant I am. So MFCO is the CEO of the supplement company you work for. Correct. Yep. Andy ah! for, yep. 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 <laughs> that guy. Okay, that guy. I've listened to his podcast multiple times. I've caught episodes here or there and yep. um, I'm a little slow apparently, but let's back up to Wisconsin. Love Wisconsin. Full of the best people on earth, in my opinion. That's where Vortex HQ is Matthews HQ is there. I've done camps there and I even, you know, anyways, long story short, I've been to upper Michigan, you know, okay. through Wisconsin. So yeah. I've seen the whole, whole state and it, it's a good place to, to be born and raised. How hard was it to leave to go to Missouri? You know, <clears throat> I get asked that quite a bit. It honestly, like knowing what was down here, it wasn't very hard for me to leave because like in the sense of leaving the hardest part for me to leave Wisconsin was my family. Like I got my, my younger brothers, I got two little, little nephews and a niece and everything up there. You know, that was, that was the biggest piece to it. Right. Like I know anywhere that I personally go, I'll be able to make that home. 
right? The, there's a lot of things that definitely, you know, draw me to Wisconsin. The, the cold is even kind of one of them, right? Like I like the cooler weather, the colder weather. My wife does not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like She doesn't care to ever move back there. But, you know, I, looking at that piece, like how, it, how it all tied in, like, of course, that was just another thing. I really wanted to be able to go. Or I was looking at trying to make everything line up and I was going to try and get into your camp at Vortex up there, right? I'm actually going to be up with uh, Brian for the Beast Mode Archery Games up there this weekend as well. We're going to be traveling back up there to go uh, connect up with those guys, which is just cool. It's right in Mount Horb area. And then uh, really, I have a, my family has a, a, a cabin or had a cabin up there, but we had an elk ranch in the middle of Wisconsin up there. So literally went from beef cattle to raising elk. And I mean, if we tie it all the way back. My dad literally started going elk hunting when he was in college. That literally is what led everything moving forward to where, I mean, my first elk hunt, like I'll never forget was I always wanted to go with them, but it was always something you had to earn, right? Like it's, it wasn't just a, Hey, okay, you can come along because dad's going, there's a lot of a lot of stories and everything that's tied into that, which led us to ultimately starting the Elk Rock Ranch up in just outside of Rice Lake, Wisconsin. So, no, then, yeah, so <laughs> there's cool. so many different avenues. There's so many stories. I'm very honestly family and just very, very humbled for the family that I ultimately grew up in. So it's been pretty cool. BlackOvis.com is where I buy all my gear. I use the discount code ELKSHAPE. It takes 10% off. Very few exclusions apply. Shipping is fast and free. They're already great prices. And when it comes to getting your gear in your hands early 2022, it's never been more important. Number one, supply chain issues. Number two, inflation. Don't wait. Your prices could go up on everything. And number three, get the gear in your hand. Test it and vet it before the season. Black Ovis offers clothing, footwear, optics, gear, archery, camping, several different brands, lots of SKUs. We've partnered with them because because we believe in them. Use a discount code ELKSHAPE, save 10%. TheElkCollective.com is a website that I started with John Gabriel several years ago. We wanted to create a digital, virtual, educational learning platform where you could watch videos and learn how to elk hunt. Learn specific tactics from several different subject matter experts who hunt in different states. If you're an elk hunter, you've signed up for being a student for life. So join The Elk Collective and get going. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE podcast, all one word, and save 20% on your annual membership. Numa Outdoors, I partnered with them over over a year ago, I switched from Sika Gear to Numa Gear. This brand believed in Elk Shape, and I believed in them. I tested their gear before partnering with them, and I was really impressed. Numa has an entire line dedicated to Out West, and here's your lineup if you're in the market. Get yourself the Base Haven Base Layers, the Pursuit Pant with the knee pad that is removable. These are breathable, athletic, good four-way stretch pants that'll help you maneuver and be athletic in the mountains. For a top layer, I recommend a Renegade short sleeve, long sleeve, or quarter zip with a mid-layer Alpha Vert jacket or vest and always have a palisade puffy in your pack to wait out storms use the discount code elkshape20 to save 20 percent off your first purchase from numa outdoors faru international this is the best backpack on the market in my opinion first things first get yourself the duplex light frame then you can attach any bag that you want. I have several bags in my arsenal, but my top three are going to be the hoodlum. The hoodlum is I'm going to use for anywhere from a five to seven day hunt. I can pack out an elk with it easily and I can organize my gear. The next pack of choice is going to be the 22 mag, a little bit smaller than the hoodlum. This is more of like a two or three day effort. Perfect for the elk hunt, perfect for the elk mountains, perfect for getting around and keeping your gear organized. Last but not least is the new Hellbender. This is the Striker XL on steroids. This is a pack that I'm going to be using exclusively in 2022 elk hunts. All three bags fit on my duplex light frame and with Kifaro you can customize your setup with accessories. I generally run on my right hip the water bottle pocket gen 2 for my nalgene a small or medium belt pouch and generally a small medium large pocket somewhere on the bag you can also backfill with the sherman pocket or guide lid and inside my bag i organize all my gear with kufaro ultralight pullouts when it comes to sizing your frame the belt the straps they have great customer service just pick up the phone give them a shout tell them elk shape sent you talk to their customer service representative get the exact size you need buy once cry once and enjoy the best hunting backpack on the market what so how, what's it like raising elk man like there's a few elk farms um in idaho over here and they're fun to drive by like they they keep the bulls away from the cows and yeah. they got a couple of like crazy bulls like that they're probably breeding for superpower but um they have normal bulls there too uh, but it's still it's still cool to see i just love elk. obviously i'm fascinated uh, what was it like for you guys 
You know, that's, that, that's another thing that just like connected up. And I think it was, you, you've said it a little bit on and off to where, you know, in the last, one of the last stories that you made, or I think it was a real that you went through, it's like, you know, don't, I don't know everything, but I bumped my shoulders with a lot of like very educated, different individuals. And that's kind of, it's really the same thing for me is like, I don't, I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form. It's like, I've been very fortunate to grow up in the life that I have and to be able to rub shoulders with whether they're different family members. And really just even since honestly, it's been one of the coolest things growing, like the first form outdoors pieces, this, this conversation would have probably never happened if it wasn't for that and being able to move forward into that and connecting with you, different individuals in that, that space. And it comes back to where that experience is phenomenal. Like I love, I got, I love elk hunting. Like that is, it's something for the longest time. Like that was my goal as a kid was to be an elk guide and to be like a professional outdoorsman. Right. And, you know, I grew up rate, like raising them to where, of course, you know, on the farm, you got 4-H and all this different stuff. It's like learn the different, you know, mannerisms of them, like how they act, how they treat one another um, during rut, out of rut, all those kind of things. But it was cool, you know, as a little kid, like I didn't, you didn't, you don't really realize all this stuff kind of going on as a kid, right? You know, I was, my brother and I were like the ones who brought, instead of bringing beef cattle to the fair, we brought elk to the fair, right? <laughs> like being able to go through and show elk or, you know, have, have them in a pen. Uh, it's just, it's funny. You know, you think about that. Um, and it was a very, very cool experience growing up, especially I, I have two younger brothers, Nick and Zach. And um, Zach was of course, a little one that we, you know, pick on way too much, made him tough, you know, tougher today. Yeah. Yep. But um, then my other brother, Nick, we we're only about a year apart and everything. And uh, he's definitely the videographer. He's like the tech guy goes through. So I try and take him out hunting every time, like go out hunting and film and do different stuff like that. He said he was bad luck. He's like, we never see anything when he'd go out. He's like, we don't see anything when I'm here. <laughs> so I yeah. keep trying to get involved, but no, no, that's cool. So when you're um, watching tame elk, elk that are domesticated, but they're still elk, they still have elk biology running, you know, what, um, what kind of things, advantages do you think you had going elk hunting, raising elk? Like, it'd be interesting to see like patterns or just behavior, things that you're like, this looks like, this is something I've learned um, just raising elk in general. I think patience is one of the biggest things, like being able to sit back, watch, call back and forth. A lot of the times, like just taking that and going into the hunting aspect, right? Because dad, we always got the question growing up was why do you go all the way out to Colorado elk hunting when you got them in your backyard? Right. It's a lot more than just like the hunting or the killing aspect. That was another thing that you went out and put out. I thought was really cool was, you know, what are, what, are, what is victory to you? Right. What is like, and I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but um, you know, what is, what is success to you? Right. What is that? You know, for me, it's going out and it's like being able to have an amazing experience with my dad come back with memories that will last an entire lifetime, right? If we can go through and get an elk down, shoot, like awesome, right? But that's, it's more the experience than anything. And you think about the times growing up, hearing the different bulls bugle, having, you know, the cows work back and forth. A lot of it comes down to a patience game and being able to interact and react with them. I'll say that I've seen the aggressive side of elk between like in the rut and everything. And when they're tame, they're nothing to mess with, right? Like, yeah. I'm with to you in any way, shape, or form. Um, we had one of our horses was gored and killed by one of them. We had turkeys that ultimately killed by by them before. Um, and then one of our biggest bulls, you know, especially even in the rut, and it's just it's the circle of life piece. But you know, we had one of our herd bulls, which was granite, and then uh, his son Stocky was his son ultimately killed him, like through a fight. So to, to watch that all kind of go down and like the dominance piece to it. And there's so many, of course, farm stories, right? Like in that it's no different in the sense, like you get to see it all firsthand take place. You learn a lot about life as a kid, really, really quick growing up in those scenarios. Uh, and there was a lot that I did. I took from that to bring into the outdoor space from having that ranch or that, that farm there. We ultimately took that and my, my grandfather over years had gone through and built up property, northern Wisconsin, up towards Exland, Wisconsin. We had about 1,100 acres that we ended up high fencing, creating 
the the overall ranch, which was the hunting preserve up there that we did a lot of stuff with Make-A-Wish program, different things of that nature. And, you know, those were like, at the end of the day, they were wild elk. They were not tame, like years and years of process into that to where we definitely, we did different hunts in that. And I took that from what I had learned on the, the farm and just growing up with them, calling them, leading, guiding different hunts. That's kind of what got me even into the guiding side of things. And then that ended up leading me up to actually really close to you up towards like the Idaho side of things. So I guided for an outfit up in just outside of Missoula, Montana, Cayuse Outfitters with Rich and Dan up there. And that through that entire process, it's kind of, it's funny how it all just leads one thing after another and how they all, you just keep moving toward your passion and what you want to do and how things ultimately unfold. What years did you guide up in Kelly Creek? I'm assuming in the Clearwater mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the Idaho side. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. years were you there? So I would have been in Kelly Creek. That would have been 2008, 2009. So, okay. So that's, yeah. That's an interesting time because there's wolves there at that point, but I don't think the elk had been completely demolished yet. So glory days, man. Tell me about how epic it was. And honestly, dude, I've been to Wisconsin and I've been in a Kelly Creek. (laughs) Like, whoa, like, did you just, was your mind blown when you got there? Oh, dude, place is beautiful. Like it is, it is phenomenal. And that's, you get in into the the back country there i'll say idaho's done a very good job at least from what i've seen in really preserving the natural habitat and allowing people to be able to have access to that to be able to experience really the back country it was pretty cool you know we travel up in through there and it, you know it's a good probably three or so hour trip from like the missoula side of things definitely wolves that is not something i was expecting oh, yeah. uh, i got I guess a story with that one. Onyx Hunt, this is the number one digital hunting application. I take it with me everywhere I go on my phone. Download your maps ahead of time and you know differences between state, BLM, national, private. You know where roads are at, terrain features. You can do all your e-scouting from a desktop via the desktop version and have all those waypoints and information transferred to your phone. Having a tremendous amount of confidence that it's not going to crash in the backcountry when you need it most and that you are legally hunting where you're allowed. The Elite membership will allow you to get free access to Hunt Reminder. This is a great app that will notify you when draw deadlines are approaching so that you never miss a deadline you also get access to top rut which has arguably the best draw odds in the business and if that wasn't enough you also get access to hunt and full their digital publication with each state breakdown and analysis so you can plan your hunts ahead of time all this for 99 plus when you enter the discount code elkshade it'll take 20 percent off wilderness athlete this is a supplement company not a marketing company the difference being these guys spend their dollars reinvesting into product development and i have been partnered with them for a very long time they just came out with their new hero which is hydrate energize recharge and overcome all you have to do is add water make sure you pick up a couple boxes of those for elk hunting season as well as hydrate recover energy and focus the green infusion daily multis fish oils probiotics protein powder post-workout pre-workout whatever you need whatever the goal wildernessathlete.com enter the discount code elkshape30 to save 30 percent off your first purchase Baku e-bike elite fat tire e-bikes to help elevate your game i use the mule people ask me why do i not use the storm because i hunt out west and i need the extra wattage to get up steep terrain find a dealer near you by heading to Baku.com for a quick little demo ride to see for yourself or get yourself a backcountry e-bike a trailer an extra battery use a discount code elk shape to save $300 off your purchase and utilize these e-bikes when you're chasing turkeys bear deer elk any sort of trail logging road where legal they are an awesome resource for you to get in and get out quietly and if you have a trailer hopefully you're hauling precious elk meat back to the truck black rifle coffee company i am a huge fan of coffee probably guilty of maybe drinking too much but i love black rifle it's my alternative to starbucks these folks at black rifle are pro hunting pro 2a veteran owned i can tell you right now you guys should check out the coffee club join the club and you're going to get free shipping on your club orders automatic deliveries on your schedule so you can program it for when coffee should arrive at your doorstep you'll get exclusive discounts from over 50 plus partner brands and you can always tweak tinker and modify your subscription at any time to suit your fancy my favorite all time is the flying elk that should be no surprise black rifle is a huge partner of elk shape they support our message of crushing the elk hunting learning curve and leveraging elk hunting Check out Black Rifle Coffee Club of the Month. Enter the discount code Elkshape. Save 15% off and enjoy America-driven coffee from a veteran-owned company. It, you know, I was, when I was out there guiding, it was, I was just 18 to 19 years old, right? When I had done that. And right out, like right out of high school and I was going in, that's what I wanted to do. I had the opportunity to go do it. And I went, went for it, went all in on it. The first night, so there's a place up there um, called Paradise Meadows. I don't know if you've maybe been up in it or know of it. 
up in, we, we went, worked our way all the way back up there. And we really, for the first month prior to even hunting, we would go and do mule trains and pack back up in, set up base camp, all the different, the wall tents, pack everything up in. So we're able to bring hunters back up in there and do week-long trips. Well, we pack all the way in there. I've never been here before. It's friggin' it's beautiful taking it all in. It's like I've hunted Colorado side of things and it's cool between Idaho to Colorado is Idaho is just a lower elevation, a little bit softer terrain, but depending on when you hit it, you're always wet. <laughs> like yeah. Colorado, not going to be nearly as wet depending on where you're at. Um, but totally different trains and it's each one holds their different beauties within it. And it's, it's just my favorite place in the world is five, like literally 4.35 AM and watching the clouds rise out of the mountain basins. That's, that's heaven on earth for me. And, um, but story, story time. I literally, we get to that meadow and we're setting up tents. We get there just at dusk. Right. And we just have enough time to put up the cook's tent, put up the cook's tent. There's three of us there. Uh, Rich, Dan, myself, and we literally just lay cots down and get ready to go to bed. We're having like dinner. And of course, in the distance, we hear, Ooh, right? Wolf lets out. Well, at that point, Rich thought it'd be funny to be able to play a joke on the 18 the year old, right? To be able to just kind of get him sweating a little bit. And he literally just went through and let out a bugle late at night, right? Let out a bugle. Next thing I know, wolf hollows way in the distance. And then another wolf hollows over on the other side of us. And then a third one chimes in way off, just all around to where throughout the night, uh, like within the next couple hours, each one of those packs moved closer and closer to the tent to see who was in their area. Right. And just moving in and Rich would go back and forth, do that. And I was like, why are you doing this? This does not make any sense. And back in my mind is like watching whatever different horror movies and all that stuff. And I've never had like wolf encounters or anything like that to where it got to the point to where you could literally hear them walking outside of the tent and just checking on everything, mules, horses, everything in the pen. He said, it's like, Hey, literally, I'll never forget. He's like, you scared Jakey? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is not a funny joke right now. I'm ready to go if something happens. And I'll never like, I'll never forget that moment. It's burned into the back of my brain, right? Because I literally sat there all night long, just ready. I had, all I had was like my nine millimeter and I had a, had a knife just sitting on the bed. And I remember having a nightmare that night of like, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Gray. You've ever seen that where like the wolves come in. I literally just remember sitting there in this, like thinking a nose was coming in through the slit of the wall tent and just woke up from it. So that was, but nothing, nothing happened. They ultimately all dispersed once they just kind of figured out what it all was, they went off. And after that, you know, I never, never saw or heard a wolf after that. And we were up there for week after week after week. So it was pretty crazy first experience. That's for sure. You know, I have a, I had a guest on here, George Bettis. He writes for Western, Western Hunter magazine. He's a horse guy. He spent many a years in that Kelly Creek drainage. Um, mm -hmm. That place is infamous. It's uh it's probably like where the best elk hunting was in the heyday of the nineties, like in the entire world, the elk, the elk densities were possibly the highest. I mean, it's one of the few places you could rifle hunt during the rut. Um, that's how many elk were in there. It has been, it's considered part of the Lolo, not yep. the panhandle. So it's definitely it's a shitty place to hunt now, quite honestly, because of the wolves and there's still wolves in there, but not as many because wolves need food and the food is not readily available. In 2011 was my first like real wolf encounter where not hearing them, but finally seeing them. And it was very similar in that I, uh, I was hunting in an area where it opened August 30th for elk. And I was on a hillside watching two five points feed together. And mm -hmm. they were pretty white horned, like testosterone levels weren't super high. They were still homies. Neither one of them was going to run a show. Yeah. But um, they were still peers and allies and, you know, they did a little bit of sparring and um, I'm not that picky. So I'm literally just like kind of making my plan of when, you know, wh yeah. where are they going to bed? When is the wind going to switch to come up? 
because they were slightly below me and I was just getting, I was just staged in the wings, ready to go kill one of them. And then uh, I heard a howl and I knew it was a wolf and it was on a ridge, not too far from them. And both those bulls knew what was up. They just like 180 out of the high Alpine meadow straight down into the timber. And then next thing I know the alpha male and female come in as a pair and they walk right out to where those two bulls were 200 yards away. And they are just sniffing around like dogs because that's what they are. They're just a yeah. dog. And yeah. then they both howl and then a wolf howls, another wolf howls. And it was like literally a, an entire pack, but they were spread out They're all on stiff. every finger. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. There's probably 13, 14 different wolves in this. And I won't finish the story because it's a long one. But like that was the first time I was like, holy crap, these guys really do like they cover every escape route and then they just pinch in tight and harass elk until they wear them out and uh, very efficient predators. Yeah. That, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I just, because not being out there as much or knowing all of what's been going on over the years, but it makes sense why would have been 20, 2019, 2019, I had gone out with my dad out to the same area. So this would have been, cause my dad, we'd always gone out to Colorado, right? Like I've been going out there ever since I was eight. So it was cool. Like have him guide me through that sense, right. And teach everything going up to where this was like an opportunity to take him out there and took him out place. He's never been before. Right. And to be able to just show, show him through the entire uh, process and literally all the places where I would see, cause I mean, we, I was always into bulls. Like when we were up there, when I guided in that every single night we came back, we either had one or we went through and we had an encounter or experience. Like it was very active there. So I was like, I was excited to be able to bring dad back to that, you know, many years later. And it was, it was definitely, it was dead. It was quiet. There was nothing. Couldn't even get anything to chirp or speak up until we got, we went to one spot, which back when I guided called the bull, the bull hole, AKA the hell hole. It's yeah. little spot, right? Surrounded by mountains. And there were five bulls. We never saw a single cow, but there was five bulls on that center mountain. And we ended up working one and ended up getting a nice five by five. And I, that is, that's a whole, whole long story, but it's, it was just baffling to me. Every other aspect, every other place we saw, not a thing. Like it was dead silent. And then we finally got one to talk and we never saw a single cow the entire time. Yeah. That's, you know, guys listening, I know you're interested to like get a little nugget or a little, does Dan slip up and give away something? I ain't going to make any mistakes when I'm talking elk hunting and I have a captive audience, but I'm going to tell you right now, units, units uh, one through nine, the panhandle, units 10, 10A, uh, you know, that entire North Idaho Mecca is so fascinating because the hell holes, the way the topography goes is generally speaking, you're going to hear a bull bugle and he's going to be, you're somehow he's in the very, very bottom and you're going to look down and you're going to think to yourself, I ain't going down there. I don't care who you are. Uh, you, you don't want to go down there. Cause you know, once you've done it, cause you haven't done it yet. You don't know what you don't know. But once you've done it, like Jake has, you know, yeah, there is, it takes you 20 minutes to get down there and you are a gangster, man. You are crushing through brush and ferns and huckleberry and alf, um, alders. And you get down there it's so thick. I mean, it's, it's 10, 15 yard shot lanes tops, but when it's yeah. time to get back to the Ridge trail, it's going to take you four or five X to get mm-hmm. out of that hell hole. And that's just, that's just North Idaho in general. So when you said bull hell hole, big grin. Yeah. Are you like me? Do you just love trail cameras slightly addicted to them? Yeah. Guilty as charged. I work with spy point. They have several affordable trail cameras. Some are going to be cellular. Some are going to be non-cellular. So the difference is being one, the force pro non-cellular, very affordable, extremely reliable, just under $200. Or you can look up the link S that's the dark or the micro LTE twin where you get a two pack of cellulars. They come with the SIM cards. So you don't need to pay out of pocket monthly to utilize your cellular trail cameras. You can download the free app and get your hundred photos a month that you choose. Cell trail cameras are where it's at, where legal and where you have at least two bars. You're going to get extremely important real-time information and you don't have to go in and disturb your area, get your scent 
the ground and bump any animals. I like trail cameras from a biological standpoint. I don't really depend on them to get animals killed, but I do depend on them to understand animal behavior, biology, animal densities, and see if I can focus on patterns where I can take advantage and know how to get in and get out of these places. So I am addicted to trail cams. I love the app. It's bulletproof from SpyPoint. So check out SpyPoint when you get a hot minute or next time you're in the market for a trail camera. If you're looking for cellular, I'm probably going to recommend the Link S Dark over all of them. But if you're on a budget, get the Link Micro Twin 2-pack where you have two cell phone trail cameras working for you under $200. Or if you just want to run normal trail cameras, check out the Force Pro. There's a couple different versions out there. I use the Force Pro or the Force 20. Both are really sweet. And then last but not least, if you already have a trail camera and you want to turn it into a cell phone trail camera, they have a product for you called the Cell Link. $59.99 attaches to your existing trail camera. You don't have to have a SIM card and it will start sending you photos to your phone. Check out spypoint.com for more information. Vortex Optics, a partner of Elkshape since 2010. Veteran known, based out of Wisconsin. The VIP warranty itself that's transferable. Whether you buy your Vortex Optics used from a buddy or buy it retail from a store, that VIP warranty follows your product. No questions asked. You break it, they fix it. We're going to give you guys a quick little tip. Being a handful of months away from elk season, one thing you can do right now, and this tip is presented by Vortex, is that you can start writing on the calendar your hunt plan, the dates that you plan on leaving, so that your wife or your spouse knows what you're thinking ahead of time. Sounds silly, but I used to not communicate very well with my wife and then surprise her right at hunting season and then, hey, I'm going to be gone the entire month. Not anymore. Now, as soon as I draw a tag or have a hunt plan secured, I'm up on the calendar writing it down and going over with it. Even though she's probably gnashing her teeth a little bit at me, at least it gives her plenty of time to plan around and make sure that we are on the same page. Happy wife is a happy life and to hunt your best, things need to be dialed at home. This tip was brought to you by Vortex. Go to Vortex Wear and use the discount code Elkshape to save 20% on your workout scouting gear that Vortex Wear makes. Appreciate you guys' support. Matthews Archery out of Sparta, Wisconsin, rocking the V3X29 and 33. I think you guys know this by now, but I'm pretty much in love with that 29. It fits me like a glove. I like the 33. It's probably my favorite bow to shoot. But when we're talking about chasing elk in the elk woods, I'm going to pack that 29 around. Fits me a little bit better. I shoot it a little bit better. You should go test drive a V3X. I think it's their best product to date. And you can really streamline your setup by using the bridge lock to get the sight in the middle of the riser. You have the new low pro quivers that fit tighter than anything has ever fit to a bow. You can really streamline your setup with the new technology from Matthews. Plus, they run the cross centric cams, so you can easily switch out mods. You don't have to switch out limbs if you want to change your draw weight, your draw length, or your let off. All that can be done without a press. Matthews Archery, killing it. And I love shooting my Matthews. I'm absolutely in love. You guys should go check it out at a dealer near you. I saw yeah, I saw it. I was like, he knows exactly what it is. Because that's literally when we put it down, I radioed. Because dad said, I said, you ready to go go get him? And dad was like, you can go get him. I'm going to stay right here. And <laughs> I literally man. played this back. Oh, he's like, I've done this stuff before. He's like, you go run. And literally when I, we ended up, I had got him down. That was literally dad. Like you could hear him yell. I said, bull down. Right. And you could hear him yell at the top of the mountain way back up there. And at that same time, I said, two things. This is a great day. You're going to hate me by the end of it. That's <laughs> literally like seeing where, where it was down going. And yep. it was, it was a journey and a half. So, oh my gosh. Yes. I love those. I love those uh, brush bowls, man. I got, uh, I don't hunt them anymore, man. Like I don't, I don't even mess with them anymore. I like more open country stuff, but I got nothing but love. That's where I cut my teeth on. All right. So let me get into some fun stuff. Um, I didn't plan and prepare a podcast. I never do. I just wanted to hang out with you. Let's talk about your Instagram. Cause I follow you. There's a segment and I'm going to call it a segment where it's around and find out. What, what is that? How did that get started? What people need to go check. It's one of my favorite things to watch. <laughs> uh, so this is between my wife and I, right? Uh, this literally, this is like our little, little game back and forth. And it, it really started with, it's like, all right, I'll go through and I'll, I'll work all like, I'll work all the time. I'll be at the office, be working, doing different stuff. And I usually come home from work and I take about like, for me, I take a couple minutes just to decompress on load, like different work stuff, whatever's kind of going on, center myself, be able to like go in and be present for her. And it started where I was in there for probably 10 minutes, just sitting in my truck, just singing about the day, going through different stuff. And she literally was texting me, right? Trying to like, you, you good? You're going to come in, right? And I said, yep, just need a couple minutes. And then she just randomly, because my truck is synced up to her phone, Right. So if my truck is on in any capacity, she can control all the music that's coming through my truck. Right. So it started with that to where she'd start playing like, I'm so lonely. Oh, so lonely. <laughs> all these different random songs. I don't know where she gets some of them, but now it's like, it's a piece where I'll literally pull into the, the, into the garage and she already has usually a song ready to go as soon as she comes in, because as soon as I come into the garage, she's like, she's ready to go through. And I, I do, I say, well, Tina's around, Jake's finding out. And it might <laughs> be just on the music side of things. It might be 
it could be anything that's kind of going on throughout the house, but that's just something her and I go back and forth on. Yeah, no, I, I, it took me like maybe one, two stories to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, uh, your wife just sounds like she's fun and silly and goofy and just taking control of your, your truck's music <laughs> right when you roll in. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That or if she's like driving behind me, like I'll know I'll be driving and all of a sudden I won't even realize that she came driving behind me in a road and she'll pull up and then her phone will connect to my truck while we're on the road and she'll control it while we're driving. I'm like, again, Tina's fucking around. Jake's finding out. So <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta keep it fun. You gotta keep it light. So no, I love that. Oh, the next thing I've noticed just following you is and so I'm I don't know how old you are, but um I'm 40 and I hate saying it, man. Like somebody asked me today my age. Uh, and I was like, I'm 40 and I, I don't like it. I don't like saying I'm 40 and in my thirties, even 39 didn't bother me, but 40 is like, damn, what happened? I'm like 40 year old man with two kids and a wife. What happened? But anyways, my point was, yeah, man, I'm not as good as I once was, but I once was pretty good. And, um, <laughs> I follow your stuff and I see some of the stuff you do. And I'm like, even in my heyday, mm -hmm. I was never this farm boy strong for example, I watch you on occasion in blue jeans, rep four plates, four, you know, 405, right? Yeah. Yeah. 405, yeah. four plates on the old back squat. Um, yeah. We're not talking singles, folks. We're talking, we're talking squat cardio. I've seen you bend barbells <laughs> on yep. your deadlifts. So how tall are you? I'm 5'11", six foot. Whatever. Yep. Yep. Okay. So do you weigh more than 240? Just over. Yep. Ha! So yep. see that this is all my guesses from the internet. Uh, okay. <laughs> you are, you're yeah. a farm boy strong, man. Like you literally got to have gotten your strength from the farm. Like it's on like strength takes a lifetime to get yep. folks. Yep. Yep. You got it. Is it the farm boy strength? Um, what is the deal? You know, a lot of it is I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to correlate a lot of it to, to the farm boy strong, but a lot, a lot of that is literally tailored right over into the CrossFit. Like I, I got into CrossFit and, you know, with coaching, diving into that, like I'll never forget when I first got into fitness, it was in the bodybuilding side of things. Well, one, I missed an elk hunt because I was literally a couple weeks out from a show. So I, I want to fight you right now. Dude, I, I want to fight myself. I look back. I want to literally slap my old self across the face and be like, wait the fuck up. That's literally it. So I want to miss elk hunting so I can be judged in my underwear, which is completely <laughs> subjective. I know. Give me shit. Ah, so I'll damn. take it. I'll take it. I will take it. You know? <laughs> hey, you got, you got to live and learn back and forth. But what I learned from that was one, one, I never wanted that to happen again. And then I did, I found CrossFit through my actual, my coach back in the day. And like my, my prep coach and, you know, there, there's hours upon stories, I believe in that conversation. But the, the big thing is, as soon as I did my first CrossFit workout, I was like, holy shit, you thought you were in shape. You suck like a lot. Right. And in that point, it tied me back into throwing hay bales in the hay mound, picking rock, you know, all the different shit we did growing up on the farm. And it's like, you can be a lot better than this. And at the end of the day, like I did, I tied it right into the elk hunting side of things. Like this will make me better at what I love to do out there. Right. And that it just, it correlates so much more to where it's really what I've been bringing into like what I'm, what I've ultimately done within the, the first form pieces. It's living a healthier, more fit, active lifestyle to experience more of the outdoors. Right. Cause you can get into the outdoors, but we all know, like, it's fun and games all up until the point when you put down one and then you have to pack it out. Right. I think about being a better hiker, camper, backpacker, fisher, hunter, like any of those things. If you're living a more active lifestyle, more being more fit, physically strong, active muscle endurance, all of it, you're able to experience that entire adventure, right. To just a better capacity to where you're not sucking wind the entire time. Um, and that, that ties into just a lot of the personal pieces of why I started that, but you know, the farm boy piece to it, it definitely, it correlates in there. Right. And I think it ultimately gives, I've been hitting the head too many times with rocks. Right. And you're just able to kind of push through that dark place. I like going to that, that black hole and just pushing through it and, you know, CrossFit functional training, high intensity training, being able to move heavy loads. Buck knives out of Post Falls, Idaho, my neighbor in 2020, 
I completely buried a knife into my hand and it was not a fixed blade. It was one of those scalpel replaceable ones that break real easy. And I buried it so deep that I actually, the doctor recommended surgery, which I might've should have listened, but I didn't. Anyways, several stitches later in a week of elk hunting down the drain, I got my hand healed up. Since that day, I've vowed not to use scalpels anymore in the field. And so I've switched back to buck knives, tried and true since 1902, made in America, tremendous amount of history. They're also my everyday carry. So you should check out the new everyday carry 22 lineup from buck knives. They got the 110 slim pro TXR. That's probably my all time favorite for everyday carry. You can also check out the 110 Hunter Sport Knife or the 112 Ranger 50th Anniversary Edition. If you're looking for a skinner, I would maybe consider the customizable 113 Ranger Skinner Knife. That's the knife that I customized for all my Elk Shape Camp, Spirit of Elk Shape Camp Awards, and that's the knife that we use to skin all my elk in 2021. If there's a knife out there that you need, they can customize it or you can peruse their website. Buck Knives is a huge supporter of Elk Shape. We appreciate them and we love being their neighbor. Please be careful when you're breaking down your animal and consider switching to a fixed blade just for me. Crispy USA, Crispy Boots, my favorite boots because they don't require any break-in, period. For stocking any animal out west, it's Laponia GTX. This is a very affordable boot. This is not a $500 boot. It's very athletic and it's a quiet boot and it's definitely something that could help you sneak in tighter to animals. So if you're a stalker, you might want to check out Laponia GTX. If you're looking for another affordable boot that's perfect for elk hunting, it's the Colorado GTX. I know cameraman Jake and myself, that's our both our favorite number one boot from Crispy. It's the one that gets the most use and two is one. I have two pairs because I like to switch out boots every day. The Colorados are not insulated, which is great for me to keep my feet from sweating. It has board lasting mechanical construction. It includes the ABSS ankle support system, which helps propel you forward. It's got a four flex rating. They're protected with Kevlar triple stitching, polyurethane coated and leather ran. The height is eight inches and one boot weighs under two pounds. They're super light. They're fast. They're very athletic to help you keep up with elk. The last thing I want to mention about boots is number one, all your hunting starts from the ground up. Choose wisely. Number two, consider putting sheet feet inside any pair of boots that you rock. Sheet feet are a full length custom orthotic built for your feet specifically. Use the discount code ElkShape. It'll take 10% off your purchase. I run sheet feet in every piece of boot I wear. I obviously have several pairs of boots, but the sheet feet are always in there. I think they help me leak less energy every stride, every step. They keep my feet strong and durable. And the last thing I would want for any of you hunting is to have foot issues while trying to hunt. Hunt your best, include sheet feet on your must list for 2022. Literally, no matter where you're at, I think it's something that it'll translate to anything you do in life. And, you know, you'll learn a lot more about yourself, not just in the physical stance, but the, the really the mental and the emotional stance going through a workout, like you were in literally right before we jumped onto here, right? Like how much further can you push? How much further can you go? You know, I, <laughs> the blue jean thing, right. Wrapping it back into that is how many people and, and you, I, I'm not sure, but I know over the years, there's so many people who make stupid, like stupid excuses, right? Of why I can't do something, right? It's, it's not that I don't have time. It's no, I didn't prioritize my time. I didn't make it a priority. And there's been a lot of different areas where it's like, oh, forgot my gym shoes. Can't work out. Got to go home. And then I probably don't go to the gym, right? Or up, oh, forgot my shorts, right? To where it was one of the, one of the days I came in to work, forgot my shorts at home, forgot my stuff. I said, well, I'm still working out. That's and right. It started one little, little piece to where I've definitely gone through a good pair of jeans and I haven't found any that literally hold up for a, a good period of time, right? So we're still testing and trying. Shout out to Lucky Jeans. They're probably the ones that hold up the most. Nice, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's more the, the set principle of like, just show up, right? Show up, put in the work. You know, the weight side of it, CrossFit definitely tied into that. You know, it's just, it's, I get asked all the time, why do you go so heavy? Why? Why would you train like that? Why would you go there? Why not? right? Like life throws you things all the time. It's like life get he gets heavy. If you train heavy, you push yourself past points where you don't think the rest of life's easy, right? When you get thrown hard dishes or whatever life throws at you, you can combat those so much better when you have that mindset of like, ah, this really isn't that bad. Right. That's right. So No, and it translates, it translates in the mountains. I mean, no. we've already talked about this as far as here at this podcast, we understand there's people who don't maybe like me or my brand because you don't have to get in shape to kill an elk and there's guys that do it year in and year out and that's never been my message that you have to be but when you do that blue collared style non-landowner tag buy-in got nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that but that over-the-counter public land shuffle hustle dude that shit's hard and it's almost depressing sometimes that the elk just don't talk or there's just too many wolves, or there's just so many people hunting too in the competition's thick. No matter what, it's the, the statistics don't lie. It's uh, less than 10% success rate. Yeah, yeah. And it should be really hard. How are you not going to lean on your prior mental preparedness? Mm -hmm. I don't understand how people expect to rise 
because elk hunting is so sexy. And it is the first three days. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But then your physical catches up, which affects your mental. I like that you're lifting heavy and you're mixing, you're doing density training. You're doing functional bodybuilding. You're doing cross training, hit training, all these pronouns for really just doing hard shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. You think about it. This is something that I've always honestly since following you is respect and respecting the fact that it's that, that mindset, right? It is, it's going out, it's doing, doing the hard things. And it is, you know, you're not you, me, whatever, like we're never going to be everyone's cup of tea, but when you're like just authentically yourself, like I believe it, it just casts a, a piece of respect overall. And even in the back, like the back country. Yeah, it does. It takes, takes a lot of work. Right. That was always my dad. Always. I grew up hearing that all the time. It's fun and games until you put one down. Right. But I, and I look at this too, as outdoors men and, you know, outdoors women, men and women alike across the board is, you know, we always talk about passing on the outdoor heritage. Uh, that was my grand, both my grandfathers and both of them, have, you know, rest their souls, both of them have passed. Now I would give anything to have another one, two, five years with each of those gentlemen, right? And I, I firmly believe that if, if there would have been some health choices, right? Diet, nutrition, exercise pieces, one of them would at least still be here today, right? And be able to go out and experience more of that. So that's like, I guess you look at this and take what you have is even on those, those like, like um, private land properties, right? Even then, it's, it's not just about passing on the outdoor heritage, but it's like, hey, let's stick around to experience more of it, right? Like it's instead of being the grandpa who's like, oh, you go ahead, do your thing, right? Like you get up there, it's like, no, I want grandpa to be right there by my side, right? Not leaving him at the truck, even though it is maybe private land, right? Maybe it is public land. And it's, it's doing the hard things now. So as individuals, and I, I see you doing this to where it's like, and you're, you're leading by example for generations before you, but also generations coming up behind you, right? And it's just setting an example overall. And I love the fact that you don't, you don't stop or let that opinion ultimately stop you from moving towards your ultimate goal. Yeah, man, I have a simple focus. I'm a singular focus. In fact, I want to kill an up. And yeah. I'm so lucky to have found that early on. And I'm so lucky to have sucked so bad at elk hunting and become obsessed with it still in. One thing you said there uh, gets me excited. I mean, I want to be taking my son's Tristan. I want to take his kid elk hunting. Mm -hmm. I want Tim to think I'm old and I want to pack the first load out and beat his ass back to the truck. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I've, I've packed elk out with 70 year olds. I I seriously have. And I asked this guy, I don't even know if he's still alive anymore. We lost, we lost in touch. You know, we didn't stay in touch, but, Mm -hmm. um, his name is Dave Renberg. So Dave, if you're somehow out there listening, you need to get a hold of me. You have my number. He was 70 something and I killed a dandy six point. And I actually went down to base camp and grabbed him and my dad. They were sleeping in because it was raining, which yep. just goes to show oh. you got to show up. Yep. Regardless, if you got your workout shoes, you got to show up. So I showed up, hunted in the rain, killed one of my best bulls ever, public land. Couldn't, I didn't even like, I made the shot. I didn't look for my arrow, nothing. I mean, I just like, I, I knew, yep. you just know. Like, I just knew I smoked him at 30, dropped a pin, went and got him, hiked their asses up to that, and then we went and found my bull together. The point of my story was when we quartered him up, I never in a million years would have thought that he wanted to pack any meat out. I thought, you know, like, dude, he's got to pack his carcass out of here. It was a hellhole. It was the North Idaho hellhole. He basically pushed me out of the way. He's like, give me the, give me the hind quarter. And I'm like, this was like a big <laughs> old, old bird bull. You yeah. know, this ain't no 60 pound hind quarter. Yeah. And he likes pushed me out of the way. And he's like, the day I can't do this, the day I can't do it. So I got to keep doing it. And that made so much sense to me. So yeah. I, that's kind of like my long-term trajectory and all this jazz. Um, all right. What, one more question and I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. You do a lot of mentorship for your job. And I mm-hmm. saw recently there's a dude, I don't know his name. He's from Spokane, but he was wherever you are, Missouri, at an event, or if I'm not sure what he's doing. Maybe he's a rep for your supplement company or whatever, but like you do mentorship things. Tell yeah. me about what you do there. 
Yep. So was it, it was probably Ethan. Ethan, yeah. Ethan yep. Awesome. Awesome dude overall. Um, and that's, it's cool. He's got an entire journey and we won't, we don't need to get into that, but it's been awesome to watch fitness, right? Literally impact the dude going from, it's funny. I want to say it because I'll get, I get a given shit. It's like, he was literally one of the most miserable individuals I ever met in my life. Like really getting on the phone call with him was like a brick wall. And it's so cool to watch to where he is now literally, literally flourishing, like in, in the most non-fluffy way possible, loves what he does. He is, he's a full-time head coach of, um, black goat, black goat yep. CrossFit. Um, and he's just a great dude, great human. Yep. Like he is, he has continuously just gotten better and better. Um, my, my job here. So literally oh, my- shout out to, um, Salem. That's his, the owner of that gym. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it's been, I mean, just with all of them, like, I know she, she has been a phenomenal support system for him through that process as well. And it's just been cool to watch and hear like the entire journey he's had. Right. And I've, he always, I get a, a bunch of thanks back and forth from him. Like, dude, I just kind of kicked you out the door. Right. Like, you, you know what, like, you now know what you're capable of. And it's just what it's cool to watch that. And that's for me <clears throat> within these walls, like, so prior to being here at headquarters, right. I was, I was a legionnaire. Legionnaire was external rep. I was that back when I had my CrossFit gym. A lot of what we do here is very based on education, educational foundational pieces. Um, anyone who is an external rep, like that is that stuff. Right. And I did that for the entirety of my entire gym day that I signed, like signed off on my gym, sold my gym, sold that. I came down to what is known as summer smash, which we just had this, this last weekend, which is like essentially our big backyard barbecue. It just, it's bringing everyone together. And that's what Ethan was out here for. It was actually the first time I've met him, known him for two years through zoom calls, FaceTimes, phone calls, all this stuff, like just through coaching and that. So that was the first time we actually ever met each other. And it was just a cool, cool experience. So when I sold my gym, came down and I got offered a position literally right after Summer Smash. And this is just kind of the non-corporate way of first form is at Summer Smash, had, had a couple beers with friends and just good conversations, great times. I went back home and I got a text from Will, who is essentially like my coach, essentially what I am to Ethan. I got a, a text from him saying, hey, man, can you jump on the phone? And I said, sure jumped on to an impromptu like FaceTime that led into an interview asking like, Hey, do you want to move down to St. Louis? And I was literally covered in shingle dust. I was frigging tearing the shingles off the roof of my house and not like, I didn't expect any of it. And, um, that led into, well, ask my, let me ask my fiance. Cause we literally just, just had that, that conversation. And, um, you know, I got to give her her a lot of props in it because she's been literally my biggest support system throughout all of it. it. You know, through our entire relationship, when I got offered the position to come here, we ended up doing 11 months apart. Right. So oh, man, that's rough. Just, just engaged. And this is a little backstory to our relationship. We had just gotten engaged and we just bought this house, right? We were flipping it, going as a duplex, living in the bottom, remodeling the top, move to the top, remodel bottom. And just got engaged, just had this house. They offered me the job and said, when can you be down here? I said, give me three months. Let me flip this thing. And then I'll be like, let me make it livable and the best it can be for her. Right. And we already had a wedding venue picked up in Wisconsin. So literally three months went by. I ended up moving down here, did 11 months apart. She planned the whole wedding, everything through that process. And literally went back up for a week had the wedding, packed up all her stuff and moved her all down here. And we ended up selling the house up there. The kicker to all of this is, and I, I just think it's, it's important to know and just having that support unit and, and having those good people in your life, like that is what she has been for me through that process. And I've always been that person for her is like, I'll never let someone stop going for their dream just because of me. So when we were dating, she took an internship to Florida and we did about a year and a half apart when she went and did an internship, got a job and people thought we were both crazy on sides. Like, why are you staying together? Well, when she took that job, she literally almost didn't take it. Like, she's like, I don't know if I want to, right? Said, you're not, not taking it because of me, right? 
She's like, no, I'm not. I said, you're taking the job. You're taking the job. She said, I don't really know. So you're taking the job or else I'm breaking up with you. Like literally you take it, you go. It's something that you've talked about. It's a dream of yours you've had for so long. And just because we've been dating for six months, you're not going to do it now. So long story short, she took it. She ended up moving back. Come to first form side of things. She pulled the same shit on me. So when I said, hey, I got a job down here, she literally, first thing she said, it was like she had it already recorded. She didn't even know what was coming. She said, well, I guess you're taking the job or I'm breaking up with you. So that was after, after engaged everything. And it's been cool to watch that process and being here now as a coach, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like it's been going through, I'm now a coach for external reps within the company, Legionnaires, a company that's like my base job have been that for the last almost four years now. And just in the last year, like our whole goal, the mission within the company, right? Like I never thought I'd work for a company. I was always one like with the gym, I'm going to be my own boss, but because Andy is the guy that he is, I was like, I'm going to do this, right? I'll, I'll take this. Like if there's anyone who I believe in and have like a mission or a, a, a good connection with and understanding of the core values and the mission, I'll get behind that and uh, made it happen. And we've been here and now the goal and mission within the company is help as many people as physically possible. Well, I looked at that. It's like, I see a lot of people in the outdoor side of things, the, you know, blue collar piece coming from the farm. There is no personal connection into that. And that's where I literally, I started the, the first form outdoors Instagram page. Didn't tell anyone just started it. And, and here we are today. It's been, been a wild ride. So, I mean, I guess we'll end with this. Um, my buddy uh, Cam was on um, Andy's podcast. I don't know which one, and uh, forgive me, but um, Cameron put it in, in his Instagram, so that's how I saw it. But, like, I think it was something about Andy was saying at the end of the podcast with Cam, like, well, shoot, uh, before this conversation, hunting was not even anything on my radar. And but now I'm thinking, because um, he's had offers, I guess is what he said from other peers. And he's always been like, that's not for me. But now I think he's maybe changed. So are you going to pounce on that and get that dude elk hunting or what? Oh yeah. That's that. I mean, that's one of those goals. I mean, this has been the cool thing within here. Cause there's, it's bridging that gap, right. From, you know, okay. Pass on the outdoor heritage, but we always talk about, Hey, how do we help other people get involved? Right. That educational piece. Well, that comes down to, again, showing up for others, showing up, being the leader, helping educate, helping them just being able to build those relationships. Right. And it's funny today I had two guys and one of the girls in here just go in, they ordered their new bows. They never owned a bow before. Right. Um, we got more and more people within these walls that getting them into just archery shooting and, you know, having all these questions come over my way, right. To where it's been cool to watch that and getting Andy and Sal, both those guys have had that, that conversation. Like I could see Sal going out and doing it first in that sense, right. Sal's going to be Andy's younger brother. Uh, he's the president of the company and that he was one of the ones in that, that podcast as well in there. Uh, and then Andy, um, I could definitely see him doing it because there's, there's more of a mental approach to it. Right. And like having, I think that was the coolest thing, like with that podcast and cam is it's understanding that this is a lot more than just going out and killing an animal. Right. Um, I think that especially just knowing both Andy and Sal and them, they grew up literally dirt road, middle of Missouri. Like they're just good old boys themselves. <laughs> yep. Like if Andy wants a day to where he just needs to recharge, you could probably find him out at his farm, literally cutting down the hay field. Right. And just that's like he recharges in those different areas. And uh, I could see them doing that. That's never been something that, you know, when they up until this point, Andy just saw it as like, oh, we're going to go out to the back 40 and, you know, put down a whitetail, you know, shoot it with a rifle and everything. But and that's there's nothing wrong with any of that. I grew up doing all of that. And it's like right. I'll, still, I'll take those opportunities to be able to go out and have those, you know, those memories and make those relationships with people. But there's something completely different. I would say much more spiritual in the sense when it comes into being one-on-one with, with an animal like that in the archery sense. So. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll have to see how that develops, but um, I'll have to go listen to that episode. I, like I said, I just saw a snippet from Cam's social, but um, before we even started this, I didn't know that I didn't even make the connection with 
Andy Frisella and First Farm because I'm ignorant because I'm trying to focus on how to kill an elk this year. But uh, dude, Jake, appreciate you coming on. I just want to get to know you, hang out, and I'm so glad we got to do this. Um, appreciate it. Feel free. What is your um, Instagram? It's I think it's at Jake from First Farm, but like, is that right? Uh, at Jake from First Farm. Yep. Wear the blue jeans, not khakis. Okay. <laughs> and I'll leave a link to your Instagram. Anything else you need me to leave a link to? No, I mean, that's if, if individuals want like more, more insight on just like even the first form outdoors side of it, they can definitely just check out first form at first form outdoors on Instagram as well. And then we do have the first form outdoors community Facebook group as well, which is just bringing good people together. So mm. check it out. Hey, I know you had a busy day with a lot of meetings. So thanks for doing this um, late. It's late your time. So again, thank you so much, man. Hey, appreciate you, dude. It's great meeting you. Thank you. Likewise. God bless. Peace. Well, that was a fun podcast. Jake, you are a stud. You guys got to go check out his Instagram. He's probably back squatting 405, multiple reps in his blue jeans. I mean, he's seriously farm country strong. Good dude, solid, solid guy. Reach out to him, give him a follow. We'll continue to bring on more amazing people on this podcast that are relatable and authentic and are cut from the same cloth. Appreciate you guys' support. You got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing ours. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.